You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones and the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. Yeah, I'm Matt. And we're a VHS podcast, except when we're not. And this one definitely didn't come out on VHS. It was a 2010 release. So, Matt, introduce what did we watch? We have watched one of the most talked about, probably Batman animated things outside of Mask of the Phantasm. Uh, so, for this round of Batman animated we had to do batman under the red hood yeah so let's listen to this trailer night after night i watch over this city but now someone stands in the shadows who knows my every move before i make it stalking me ends tonight who do you work for <laughs> Ooh, now that's drama yeah i mean this movie's dripping with it so we <laughs> we had to have a dramatic trailer as well Oh, it's great. I had never seen this, and I'm so glad that I finally watched it. So glad. I'm in the exact same boat. I had never seen this one. This is just one of the Batman animated that I've missed. So I'm glad that we had an excuse to watch it for this podcast. You, you dartboarded it, and you dartboarded very well. I just thought the title was interesting. I knew who the, the Red Hood was, so I kind of knew. I guess I just knew what the overarching story was. But what I didn't expect is how damn good it was told. Yeah, I was very only like vaguely familiar with Red Hood. I knew that Red Hood was sort of more like an idea and not like one central person. And I knew that it was sort of another vigilante that Batman was up against because they he didn't have the same moral code. But I didn't know that this was like the story that was going to be told here, the Jason Todd story with this one. So that was kind of uh, interesting and exciting and new for me i didn't really know where this was going to go at any point at one point red hood says like i'm your biggest disappointment or something like that and i'm like ooh, it's so personal yeah this one is i, I don't want to say just dramatically written but it is like almost like very cinematically written in terms of like the drama that we have in here uh very operatic very batman you know like they got it right they nailed the tone with this one for sure they also nailed Batman. He doesn't like to waste any time. He's straight to the point. If you make jokes, he ignores them. This is a really good Batman. All these characters are good. And we're, you know, we're going to get into those, uh, you know, describing the front of this. It's really simple, but it kind of sets the tone. You've got the Red Hood in the background with his giant, you know, head kind of like the moon overlooking Batman. And Batman's got that great dark night, dark 80s look with this giant cape. And then we got, in all caps, Batman under the red hood. 
with a little bit of Gotham in the background, but you don't pay attention to that. You can't. Your eye is so focused on Red Hood and then Batman. This is a great cover, too. Yeah, and it's it it's good to pull it in to pull you in because really this is like the first one of these movies not really attached to anything. Like we talked about in the last episode how like uh Mystery of the Batwoman wasn't like a tie-in release or anything like that, but it was it did have roots in the animated series. This movie has no you know roots to anything. This is its own singular story. Even the previous release of the Batman animated was Gotham Knight, which is supposed to be sort of the in-between of Batman Begins and Dark Knight. So this one is just like, like a comic book, you're one shot. It's like, here is the Red Hood story. And like, it, it plays on sort of your familiarity in that, like we have the for Dick Grayson is now Nightwing and we have Jason Todd, the second Robin. It does have some of the, stuff that maybe you should have a little bit of background on, but the movie also does a really good job of explaining it if you don't have background in it. Yeah, did you see Bruce Tim is back in this? Yeah, I saw that he was involved in this one over uh, the last one we talked about. He wasn't, so it's nice to have Tim back in the equation. Yeah, I know, Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, the new Batman Adventures, Batman Beyond, Justice League, Teen Titans, Justice League Unlimited, Green Lantern, Batman and Harley Quinn. This guy typically had, you know, when he's involved, good things happen. Yeah. And critically and financially, what a runaway success this was. I heard that they it was like upwards of like 12 to almost 13 million dollars uh, on uh, home video sales. That's gross, by the way. That's gross. Twelve million dollars. Money made. Yeah, and in 2010, you know, they still count, like we talked about in the last episode, they still counted that stuff. You know, DVD sales was everything still at, at this time for these type of movies. So, like, that's huge success for one of these things. Yeah. And then if you look at some of the reviews, too, this is, like, got a 100%, I believe, on Rotten Tomatoes, and it has, if you, you look it up anywhere, this is always on, like, the top list of best Batman animated movies always right near the top so uh this one was you could say a success yeah and i don't know if we sold it well enough at the beginning this was a true dartboard this was like i don't know which batman do you want to pick out of them and i go oh that's cool getting a poster batman under the red hood okay let's go (laughs) wow (laughs) truly the last two we're kind of picking up where we left off with the last Batman. So we, you know, now we've completed the first five. And then this was a dartboard. And my next one we'll talk about next is a dartboard. So we got lucky here. <laughs> yeah, that's it's nice to get lucky sometimes. And back to back. Hell, I'll take that. <laughs> we'll take it. So before we get into the feature presentation on this, we want to remind you to rate review us on Apple Podcasts. And before Matt picks a random subject to uh, talk about, when you write and review us and hopefully give us five stars, we have a couple you know, reviews we've not read. So I'm going to go through them. We've got and these these were the two winners. And then we have a third one. And I have to read the two winners and you'll see why I buy on the third one. We have awesome show by the Zul Ghoul. Listening to the show each week is like hanging out at the video store and talking to the cool employees. 
the dudes that will not only make sure you've seen the classics, but also introduce you to your first full moon film. I love the format of the show, especially when there are a ton of trailers. They do a great job of dropping behind the scenes facts while discussing the plot, and I look forward to what will be going into their museum at the end of every episode. Steven and Matt are two awesome nostalgic nerds that will make you want to run out and buy a VCR from the thrift store. Thank you, Zulgul. I hope you're enjoying your prize. And we had the our, our other prize winner from the purple, it looks like purple, Zebra 666. I love this show. Steven and Matt are entertaining and informational. It's like being in high school and having to listen to AV club nerds in study hall when all you want to do is not listen to the AV clubs. <laughs> but now you get to do it by choice because you made some weird life decisions and this is now where you are in life. But highly recommend this show. Thank you. And I hope you're enjoying your prize too, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and here's the third one. And this is why I read the first two. Not only were they prize winners, but this is pretty funny. We have, hey, good job, fellas from Dope Dopey, and then has an arrow that says what they said. Great. That's all you need to do. <laughs> so I guess I guess when they wrote their review, they just looked at the other ones and said, yeah, there we go. That about says it. Hey, that's all you need to do. With a five star, that's all it needs to be. So Dope Dopey, you are in the running for the Christmas prize. And anyone else who rate and reviews this on Apple Podcasts, you're in it too. Drop us an email if you give us a review so we can get back to you and then, uh, you know, deliver your prize. So uh, hopefully we get a few more of them. Yeah, because we're looking to give away some weird shit. And Chris challenged us, so it's going to get fucking weird. So I hope you're all ready. <laughs> Was it weird enough? OK, we'll turn up the dial. <laughs> I know I was trying to be more like, eh, let's give someone something that, you know, maybe people want to watch. Not anymore, folks. <laughs> Not anymore. It's get you're going to get bottom of the barrel, but in the best of ways, <laughs> in the most exciting of ways. All right, Matt, what random subject, if they give us five stars, should they put up there? Tell me what you think your uh, gremlin name would be if you were spawned by a gizmo or a mogwai or whatever. Uh, you know, we know Mohawk and Stripe and the Flasher. What would be your name if you were a gremlin? Uh, the in-betweener? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite a gremlin, but I'm not quite a human. I don't know. That's a good one. That was so random. I didn't know what to do with that. No joke. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Wow. Well, last night, you know, we've had lunch meat and we've had colors from high school. This one was really like, oh, it's more than simple. It's truly random. <laughs> yeah. It's just whatever is popping in my head at the time. And that's all you need to do when you leave a review. Whatever pops in your head at the time. <laughs> the only podcast that doesn't care if you actually tell the truth. Just put five stars. Yes. And just something random. That's fun for us. All right. Let's go on to the feature presentation. And now our feature presentation. Let's start with. I mean, it starts off with Joker just beating the shit out of Robin, played by Jason. This is the Jason Robin. So there's a little bit of difference because Dick, Dick Grayson, you know, he has now become Nightwing. He is in a different city. This is the Jason Todd story. Um, I believe it is Jason Todd, correct? Yes. yes. Yeah. So this Jason Todd, he's different. You know, we've got 
someone who was born, their parents died. Well, I guess, you know, that happened to Dick, too. But this Robin isn't, you know, an acrobat. He's a thief. He had a shitty life. He was a street kid. He's a street rat. He got picked up by Batman after he's trying to steal his tires. You know, like he's a he's a street kid. He's a street rat. He's a troublemaker. And he is recruited to be Robin. But then once he is in crime fighting mode, he's a little bit of a hothead. He's got a little bit of a darker take on things than Batman does. And, you know, uncontrolled. This Robin might take a few lives if given the opportunity. Yeah, I think that's what's interesting is because he was born in the trash. He doesn't look at this as the same way as Batman. Batman kind of looks at this that everyone can be saved. You know, we don't have to kill everyone. Everyone should have an opportunity, even though I completely disagree with Batman because Joker's killed how many people? You could have killed them a long time ago. Anyway, anyway, that's not part of this review. That's Steve's review in his head. <laughs> I do like this Robin. I see what's happening. He's just like, I can beat the shit out of these people and they're all bad. So why not kill them? Yeah, I'm not fully, fully cross that line, but I understand him more than I understand Batman's. Yeah, because his, his thought is some people can't be saved. And why not? If you're really, truly trying to clean up the streets, these people got to be eliminated. You know, whether that's killing them or messing them up beyond repair, you know, like that's his philosophy. Whereas, Bat, you know, Batman wants to lock them up. He wants to, you know, do it the right way by the law, you know, a little bit by the law. He's still the vigilante, but you know what I mean? And yeah, Jason Todd's a little more hot headed and uh, it catches up to him with the Joker at the beginning here because the Joker is beating him to death. Yeah, I think the difference between Bruce Wayne and Jason is. Bruce Wayne will tie him up and give him to the cops passed out. Jason would give him to the cops with a cracked open head and in a coma. Yes. So there's your difference. But yeah, Joker's just going to town on him and then leaves him to die with a bomb. And Batman can't get there in time. And Batman picks him up out of the the rubble and uh, has to go bury him. Uh, I do love the behind the scenes story. Well, not behind the scenes, but how they explain that. Batman had to travel because they were in a different country. I think it was like Bosnia. Uh So Batman had to travel all the way back to the United States, pretend to be Bruce Wayne traveling back to Bosnia and come up with a cover up story of why Jason Todd was in Bosnia to bring him back home. It was a little I mean, it was only like, you know, one minute line or maybe like two minutes animation. But I love how they put that in there. Their attention to detail of like they didn't skip right over that. Yeah. I just thought that like that kind of defines this movie in a way to me. It's just like their attention to detail and everything in this is so good. And they still somehow get this in at like 72 minutes. It's incredible. Yeah, it's thought out. It's really well thought out. Like there there was a plan it's so much so that we got to know Bruce Wayne Batman's plan of getting Jason Todd back overseas. I mean, even when this movie starts and Joker's beating up Jason and there's a bunch of blood everywhere and stuff like that. You know you're in new territory here. This is not going to be like the other animated movies you've seen before. This one is going to be rough compared to the previous six that had come out before. Yeah, so last year we did Mask of the Phantasm, Mr. Freeze, Batman Beyond, The Return of the Joker. So far this year we've done Batman vs. Dracula and Batman Mystery of the Batwoman. So when you pop this one in after those, whoa, that's a change. It's yeah, it's crazy different. <laughs> um, and it's it's, you know, it's still PG-13, 
but it is more violent, more geared towards adults. I feel like this is sort of for more the comic fans than anything. People that have really invested a lot of time in Batman. Completely agree. This is for the hardcore fans that have been growing up with it for a while and are getting rewarded of probably what they want to see for a long time because Batman got dark in the 80s and they wanted that and they got it. And woo, what a ride. So uh, we skip forward five years in Gotham City and a mysterious vigilante called the Red Hood assembles a meeting of all the city's prominent drug dealers, has an AK-47, you know, just sitting there pointing right at him and goes, I'm taking 40 percent. You all work for me. That's it. Bye. Except you can't sell drugs to kids or I'll kill you. Oh, yes, yes. We're going to have that line in because he was <laughs> he was, you know, robbing it. I mean, uh, spoilers. <laughs> he was robbing at one point. I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we know going in that it is Jason. <laughs> well, that was my thing. And I, they showed uh, Robin dying. And I go, well, why are we? No, that's, that's fucked up. Robin's dead. And then they immediately go to the vigilante and I go, oh, storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So he basically was just like. The quickest, the greatest of ease takes over the whole drug running criminal syndicate in uh, Gotham. And this is not make Black Mask very happy, who is our kind of, I would say, the rogues gallery villain that we have in the movie and Joker as well. But Black Mask is very upset with this takeover that happens. I feel like Black Mask finds his way into so many things because he was just in Birds of Prey. Yep. And what? is really interesting about this Black Mask, and Black Mask always fascinates me of how someone decides to portray him. This one portrays him as he's like Red Skull. Like, it isn't a mask at all. It is his face. I like this one a lot. I mean, I adored Ewan McGregor in Birds of Prey, but it's just a mask. I sort of like this, like, skull head, kind of burnt skull head kind of creature that this Black Mask is, though. It's very cool. It looks cool. Yeah, I think Ewan McGregor's uh, Black Mask makes more sense because he was born of well-off people. He's a gangster and, you know, a psychopath because he enjoys it. You know, there's no need. I mean, he has all the money. He doesn't need to do all this. He's doing it because it's fun. Uh, so I get it. But this one, I enjoyed this just loud, kind of like a kingpin type bad guy where he's just He's smart, but he's so stupid, too, or he's just yelling and punching people and he wants everything his way. Very Donald Trump, by the way, where it's everyone else's fault. Yeah. Blame everybody. Big baby. Yeah. Sore loser. Yeah, it's kind of. And I wonder if that was kind of if a lot of these bad guys were based off the the 90s Donald Trump. And we're not even going to get into the current political climate, even though he's you know not the president anymore. What I'm saying is. This was the stereotype of just like this stupid criminal who's blaming everyone else. It was based off Donald Trump and a lot of these, even going back to Super Mario Brothers. Batman Returns does the best old school Donald Trump with Max Shrek. Yeah, because that is exactly that character in the 90s. If you want to know what that fucking idiot was like in 1992, Max Shrek, that was him. <laughs> it's been happening for a long time, and I do really wonder if it, that one is kind of based on. I don't know. We'll never know the actual writer would probably have to tell us but you know he's pissed and then we get a nightwing appearance who helps batman and i have never seen these super androids called amazemo but i want more of them these are really cool and this is only in this one scene 
where they're at the docks or whatever. That's the only time we see this thing uh, in this movie. And they, yeah, they are really cool. And Nightwing's like, what is that? He's like, it's an android that takes really strong people's powers. And then he like blasts something. He goes really strong. <laughs> you know, like that kind of like just really monotone, dry, dry. sense of humor. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, they defeat it. Uh, Nightwing gets a little injured. Uh, they go back. They talk about who is this mass vigilante. But then they pursue the Red Hood and Batman and Nightwing end up fighting them. And this is then when we definitely lock in who this is to the actual characters, especially Batman, because Nightwing points out, you know, this dude's trained. He's got moves I've never seen before. Yeah, the, there's some really good detective work in here from Batman, because I, I do really and I like that line where after Nightwing says that to Batman or Bruce Wayne or both or whatever, uh, he even goes, and who do you know could cut through my ropes? You know, like, so it's in Nightwing's like, I don't know too many people who can. <laughs> yeah, not only can he cut through the ropes, but it was before it was like coiled and tight. You know, he knew to cut it at the right time. Yeah, he's cutting it before it's too late. So he's smart. And I like this detective work. Yeah, this reminds me of stuff in the game. And I wonder if this was influenced by the game. Maybe, yeah, that was around that time that the first first of these was coming out. And those games were so freaking popular. Oh, my God. Yeah, you couldn't go anywhere without seeing those. They were even at the arcades back when those were a thing. <laughs> I beat the first three. I was a super nerd into it. So, yeah, man, it was fun. I have them behind me, by the way. I haven't touched them in years, but they're never going to be sold. <laughs> They'll always be there. You never know when you're going to need to crack those out again. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a billion of them made. So I'm sure they're not worth damn. You know, they're worth shit, but whatever. I got them. Hell yeah. <laughs> what people don't know about me, side tangent, is I still buy all my games physical media if i invest now i only buy like four or five games a year but i invest into getting into the physical media and i keep them and there's people who come by they're like wow you still buy games i'm like are you fucking kidding me have you look at all the vhs <laughs> you like the physical and you don't want to wake up one day and just have that game be gone because somebody didn't sign the rights the right way <laughs> if you got the physical it'll always be there or what if my internet goes down and i can't stream them huh? Exactly. That's not actually a fear of mine, but you know, it could happen, maybe, possibly. I don't wonder. Comcast is so reliable. <laughs> After we had like a massive outage just like a week ago yeah. where like no one had internet for hours. <laughs> yeah, and then uh so okay, so they kind of pretty much figure out who Red Hood is. They haven't officially nailed it down, but you know. But what's great about this is Black Mask goes, ah, I need to hire someone. I'm going for the fearsome hand of four to kill Red Hood. And I love seeing these guys like these bad guys aren't used much, but they're pretty cool. Yeah, I love uh, the I forget the, the woman's name, but uh, the laser light fucking lightsaber kind of fucking. Yeah, she's always got the Leonardo Katana. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, they are. Uh, they popped up in the games. I remember them at one point. I always want to call like they're kind of like the souped up hand from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Or the foot. I'm sorry. The hand is from Daredevil. 
Jesus, I'm getting them all mixed up. <laughs> well, and they're kind of, they're called like the the Fearsome Hand of Four or whatever in this. Uh, they also remind me of the Four, four Horsemen and X-Men as well. It's the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. So it's like a little bit of all of it. <laughs> Just mix them all together and it's ninjas. Cool. Done. Bye. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. But uh, what's messed up is uh, Red Hood kills one of them and Batman is horrified. Yeah, it does it right in front of Batman, straps a bomb to his face and his head blows up and it's bloody also here. So that's pretty uh, shocking to see, you know, blood in a Batman thing this early. <laughs> it has that amazing line then later with Black Mask where he's like, guess they're going to have to change the name after, <laughs> after one of them is killed. It's very funny. Well, and the Red Hood is very funny. At one point when they're like beating the hell out of him and they're like, this is it. We expected more. And he goes, nah, I'm just stalling. <laughs> stalling for what? And he like kicks him and goes around and everything like that. And then Batman lands. He goes, it's about time. What took you so long? Shut up and fight. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Their chemistry is good right away. That's another kind of giveaway tell that it's, you know, it's Robin. It's Jason Todd or whatever, because, yeah, they have a rapport. He calls him Bruce. He when uh, they they're by the train. So and that's another one of the clues that Batman uncovers when he isolates the sound. If only sound shit worked like that, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. I saw that and I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, I can eliminate some crackles and stuff, but it's going to damage the audio. Apparently, Batman can just like do magic, <laughs> remove train sounds so that he can hear that uh, he called him Bruce. But yeah, it was still like a fun detective. He, you know, enhance kind of technology that was happening there is good. Yeah. And then, you know, Batman, after being horrified that he killed someone, goes to Raja Ghoul to find out the real truth. And this is where you find out that, you know, Jason Todd's body was fake. Batman and Alfred, you know, uncover it. And then right away, you know, Batman's like, that's a mannequin. I can't believe I never noticed, you know, mad because he never did an autopsy on the body. But why would you? You know why he died. Joker killed him in an explosion. Why do an autopsy? You held the body. And that's when we find out that uh, Razal Ghul uh, took the body in a swap, you know, so they've ended up burying the mannequin and he put him in the Lazarus pit to bring him back to life. And that's what made him come back all kind of fucked up. Yeah, and I guess he was doing this because he felt bad because he hired Joker to do a job in Bosnia. And that's why, you know, Jason Todd ended up dying because he couldn't control Joker and Joker's a maniac. I, I can't believe it's taken this long, but don't hire the Joker. <laughs> He's unpredictable and shit like this happens. <laughs> and then someone later on this film called Black Mass hires him again <laughs> and guess what it's fucking chaos again yeah. he cannot be controlled oh yeah because you know black mass people breaks him out of arkham and then he's right in front of him he's like i want you to kill the batman he takes the t smashes the glass cuts a guy's throat shoots like six dudes and goes okay i'm gonna need a i don't know what he said i'm gonna need a really big vehicle or something laughs yeah. and goes you know, bye. And then Black Mask ends up just being like tied up, <laughs> like, basically getting captured or whatever. Uh, and so it's the face off thing between Red Hood and the Joker. Yeah. And Red Hood beats him with a crowbar. 
And I I really like Red Hood. I, I get why this movie, obviously I watched it and it's, it's freaking awesome. But I get, there's deeper, deeper reasoning why people like this. It's a revenge film, but a very smart one. But at the same time, it's hard to say Red Hood is doing anything bad because at one point he confronts Batman. He goes, I get it. You're mad at me. I'm your greatest failure. You know, I, I've done all these things that you don't agree with. But then he opens up a closet and he goes, but why the hell is this guy still alive? Pointing at the Joker and the Joker goes, ah, brings up a good point. Yeah, and they have a great banter back and forth for like Batman is like, I think about it every day. I, it's like the this is I think about what a world it could be like if the Joker wasn't in it or whatever. And of course, then the Joker has his quippy like, you think about me, too, all the time. You know, it's great. It's great back and forth. Yeah, there's some depth. You know, it's kind of like challenging the viewer. Why is Batman doing this? Batman's admitting that he thinks about it. Red Hood's bringing up good points. And Joker's just agreeing. Kind of like talking to the audience. It's like, yeah, right? This guy's got some good points. Exactly. Yeah. And there's some, yeah, there's some real, like you said, depth to that, the, the script there. I remember I was looking at some of the, you know, really positive reviews for this movie after I watched it. And a lot of people really pointed out uh, Jensen Ackles' performance as Red Hood as like one of the things that really stood out. So beyond just like really good writing, you're also getting like a really good voice performance in there too for a bad guy. Yeah, and he's the guy from what Supernatural. Yeah, he uh, did a really good job. I mean, everyone did a good job in this, from the animators to the directors to the writers to the voice performance. This movie's just a perfect storm. It is. I mean, it really like I, I I think it looks really good. The animation's awesome. The action scenes are really well done. The the acting is really good. The voice acting and you've got some top notch people in this. You've got Bruce Greenwood as Batman. You've got Jetson Ackles as Red Hood. You got Neil Patrick Harris. You've got character actors like Kelly who is in there who makes another appearance in the next movie we're going to talk about um, as a different character. But uh, yeah, you've got stacked cast and then really good writing for it, who I read is one of the main people who did the comic storyline of Red Hood. So duh, that's a really good person to bring in to write your screenplay for this Uh, really good team all around. And yeah, you just have like these really good, genuine moments like this kind of big climactic finale we're talking about. Yeah. Do you think when she was doing this, she was thinking about Friday the 13th part eight? Jason takes Manhattan. I don't. Maybe maybe the Scorpion King was still fresh, but that's (laughs) or X2. Maybe X2. Yeah, that's comic book related. Lady Deathstrike, baby. It's it's just a great, uh, you know, storm and everything like we mentioned. But the ending also really sticks with you because Batman ends up saving Joker from the bomb. And then we assume Red Hood is dead or Jason Todd or the zombie Jason Todd, whatever you want to call him. And then they have a flashback of Robin's first day or Jason Todd's first day of putting on the Robin uniform and becoming Robin before he goes out in his rounds and saying, this is the best day of my life. And the movie ends. I was like, oh, it's heavy. It's got pathos. It's got it's got that operatic Batman feel for sure. There's a lot of kids who watched this at that time and really didn't appreciate the weight of that because it takes you, you pretty much have to be an adult to be like, oh, and as a new parent myself, it was a different weight 
Like he put all this time and energy into trying to probably make him the better man that he was. And then it all wraps around to he ends up dying from the hands of the Joker, getting another chance at life. And he ends up becoming a criminal like the Joker. There's something really deep there. Yeah. And it's it is all done in a way that it, it's paced effortlessly in like 72 minutes, like you said. And it just like it, it's amazing that they're able to pull this off in, in such a short amount. Like they basically cover what would be probably an entire comic run in those 72 minutes. And it has all that weight and all that pathos and all that effortlessly. It's, it's really kind of crazy that they were able to pull this off. Good job, folks. Everyone involved. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Nailed it. I, I can't really sell how good this is. If you haven't seen it, highly, highly recommend. Don't waste any more time. Go on HBO Max. Just watch it. Yeah, I'm a I'm a huge, huge Batman nerd. I'm massive Batman fan. And I, I, I really, really like this a lot. So definitely recommended from like a super fan's perspective as well. All right. Time to go on the museum. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we go out in the film jungle like Indy and bring something back to our Batman animated movie, Wing of the Museum. It's getting full, but we got plenty of room. Matt, I'm going to let you go first. I think I actually, you know, in a movie filled with like some really great, you know, voice performances, I do want to put in Bruce Greenwood's Batman here because I think it is kind of special. And we we have such a familiarity and we're so used to like the Kevin Conroy Batman when we see the animated stuff. So, you know, kind of having somebody different do it and bring something different to the performance like Bruce Greenwood does here. I just think he is a really good you know, different Batman. I'm not saying he's better than the animated series one at all, but just nails sort of doing something different with it and has sort of that weight and that despair and that, you know, everything that Batman is feeling after the, the death in the family, so to speak, with Jason Todd. So I, I think that he nails it and is quite a really good Batman. Yeah, speaking of weight, my wing a bit too is just going to be showing like, Robin to the Red Hood, back to Robin, and just playing that clip at the end where it's like, this is the greatest day of my life. That ending really did it for me. Wow. They stick the landing for sure. They absolutely do. <laughs> I like watched all of the credits because I just sat there and like was in thought. One, that an animation would do that. I'm not saying that animations, you know, can't be deep and heavy. Obviously, we've seen plenty of them that can. But when they are, sometimes they feel like they're more impactful, maybe because I don't see it coming. Yeah. And you sort of always associate animation, even if it is an adult animation, you still associate it with the kid, you know, and then you have something with like this very adult like themes and concepts being dropped on you. You're like, whoa, I thought this was like. A cartoon. <laughs> this was a Saturday morning cartoon. With that ending, I do think that this sort of shares the most DNA with Mask of the Phantasm, where it is just it's heavy and it's thought out and it's cinematic. I, I think they share some DNA for sure. It sticks with you. Yeah, it's good. 
it's going to be fun going through more and more of these Batman animated movies because I just skipped over them. There was so much coming out with the Marvel animated movies that, you know, like started to come out. And then, of course, all the superhero movies we've had since the late, you know, say like 2008 and on. It's hard to keep up with them, but clearly I've missed some good shit and it's going to be fun going through and catching up. Having now seen a chunk of these, and I think it, it did start, I, I started kind of going through these a little bit faster when we first first did the uh, the first round of animation Batmans that we talked about you know, a year ago or whatever. I started going through more of these. I've seen a ton of them now. I still haven't seen them all because there's like almost 30 of them, I think, at this point. But I've seen a ton of them, and most of them are good. And it's so crazy to think that this series is so good. Like it can have such high points like this movie, but also then still not really disappoint with some of the later ones as well. Like just a consistently good movie series, some crazy high points like this as well. Uh, and there's some other good, really good ones along the way, too. So excited to keep talking about these. Uh, we'll move on to what we watched. I, I binged all the way up to the current episode of the morning show, Apple Plus show. It's a news drama. It's amazing that all these people came from comedy. And so, you know, you think about Jennifer Aniston coming up from Friends. Reese Witherspoon is doing all of her her stuff, you know, her romantic comedies. And then, you know, you look at someone like Steve Carell, who, you know, you know, starts on The Daily Show and coming up as a comedian. Just watching these people who basically grew up in comedy be such amazing actors. Now, I know this show isn't for everyone. Not everyone wants this, like, drama dripping news show and everything you know unlike gossip girl which you were going through for a while that's over the top drama that's just crazy this one's just level enough that it's watchable it's pretty cool to watch all this and they're not afraid to tack some heavy subject matter so funny like those to me some of those apple shows are just so like buried i can tell you what the poster looks like for the morning show but i know nothing about it at all at all i've seen the poster and shit a million times for ted lasso and i know everybody loves it i still don't even know what that show is about either i just i'm so out of the loop of like the apple shows for whatever reason well luckily sarah bought it so she has apple plus so i just watch it all in her stuff nice <laughs> otherwise i never would have seen any of these and it sounds like that this was a worthy uh, time to go through it too. It seems like you really liked it. I did. I was really surprised by it. Like season one, after it ended, I'm like, yeah, that was really good. But I was not excited for. I didn't even care about season two. I watched like three episodes a night to catch up on like the first nine. Uh, it's still not over. But okay, so the first season clearly had a story from start to finish that someone had been working on. And it was very scripted, and they were ready to go. Season two kind of leaps around. And I do know why season twos aren't as good. But for some reason, I like the experimental leaping around in this a little bit more than the really well scripted first one, because it just kind of feels like experimental. Nice. Different. Something different. Both are very good. And I could easily see why anyone would love season one over season two so far. But season two isn't over yet. So but season two feels like they're like, we're going to tackle more than just the Me Too movement. We're going to put a bunch of heavy subjects in there and usually that is a recipe for disaster because it's too much but somehow this one is kind of gelling it together 
at least enough for this weirdo's mind. Now I know someone who's tried it too. So like now I know if I ever get like a trial or sign up for Apple, like I, I should definitely check it out then. Or just steal someone's account. <laughs> anyway, did you have anything this week or should I move on to the end? Well, I'm still current with Chucky and we're up to the sixth episode. So we only have two episodes left. I'm at five. So don't. I'm not going to. Nope. I'm not even going to go. Not, not even going to talk specifics. I'm just going to say if you're if you love the Child's Play series and everything like that, you got to watch the, the show. It's wacky. It's goofy. It's silly, but it's also working really really well <laughs> highly recommend it if you're a fan of the series the the movie series the show is a blast still good <laughs> we talked about it a few episodes ago it's still rocking do you know how many episodes are total in this eight. Oh, it's only eight okay yeah so we're almost done so if you watched five there's one more uh that's out and then there's only going to be two more weeks of it oh so they're going to have this all wrapped up right after thanksgiving yeah Speaking of Thanksgiving, this might be our Thanksgiving episode. Actually, no, I think the last one was. We are so bad, especially me, at remembering like the event movies. You know, like I don't ever plan a Thanksgiving movie. I don't ever plan a Valentine movie. I don't ever plan. You know what I mean? Like, no, I don't do that. Yeah, it's hard to tell when the episodes are going to come out, too. You know, we never we. We're a little fast and loose. Sometimes we change it up. Sometimes we like pivot and we want to do a different episode than like what we originally may have said. So, you know, it's hard to keep track of when these are actually coming out and stuff like that. Yeah, we're more franchise reviewers and theme month guys. Yeah. Then like, oh, we should do a Christmas episode for Christmas or whatever. Like, we'll miss it. You know, <laughs> but we'll be like, oh, we're going to do this Christmas movie for Christmas. It's going to come out in January. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that. Anyone listening, we we don't have a Christmas movie. <laughs> don't plan on coming for a Christmas movie. You're just going to get more wacky shit. So <laughs> again, we're really bad. We just write a bunch of movies like, yeah, we'll do those. OK, we're going off the list here, folks, not the dates. <laughs> it is what it is. I have a blast. You have a blast. We're all good. So remember to be kind and rewind.